Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and good evening. This is Joelle. I'm the Vibrarian, and I am your host for the Psychic Inside Show. Now, I believe that everyone is psychic, and you just may not recognize it. So each week, I have an opportunity to interview people who have explored all that they can be, have tapped into the psychic inside, and have come on to be able to share that journey and story with you in hopes that you might see something a little bit familiar and it will make your journey into your potential all that more easier. I'm here on the Vibrate Collective Network, which is broadcast through Blog Talk Radio. That means it's interactive and you can call during the show. You can listen on your phone or call in at 646-787-8436. If you've got a question or a comment, then you'll just press the pound or the hashtag and one, and that puts your hands up and lets me know that you have something that you want to come on the air. If this is for a reading this evening, then please know that that will happen after the first hour of the interview, and I will be to you all in the order in which you raised your hand. So um, out here in social spaces, you can connect with what I like to call the Good Vibe Tribe, all right? It's all about frequency and resonance, and I'm all about positivity, So you can find me at The Vibrarian, that's T-H-E-V-I-B-E-R-A-R-I-A-N. And these shows and interviews are out on all of the podcast networks. If you're connecting through iTunes, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, you can always listen to these replays at your leisure and at your own pace. I love having these conversations, and it makes me smile because I get to ask questions of people who have come from all kinds of situations and circumstances, and I never know from week to week uh, necessarily where the story and the path will take us, but it's always wonderful and enlightening. So. This afternoon, I went and picked up my mail, and I get these cute little letters from an old-fashioned church, the kind where they write to you and they pray for you, and you know you have this correspondence. I've been getting it in the mail for years, and it always makes us laugh because we say, well, we got a letter from the Lord, because there's always a scriptural reference in there. And today, I just happened to get a letter from the Lord, and I had to giggle as I read it because it says here, that uh, in the Bible, Jesus used clay mixed with spit one time to heal a blind man, and many times Jesus used water to bring healing. Okay, so my guest this evening is actually a gentleman who is a water diviner, writer, and healer. So I'm so excited and delighted to see what we are going to learn from your journey, Shayton Mendez. Welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, and thank you for that great introduction. I'm glad to be here, Joel. 
I am so excited because I want to know more. Automatically, when I read your bio, I'm like, oh, I love it. What is it? I could already feel like a certain vibration that just made me delighted. And so to get to have this conversation with you this evening is very, very exciting to me personally. So first of all, I want to know what is a water diviner? <laughs> so um a diviner is um there's I'm going to explain a little bit about what a diviner is, then you can kinda of get a sense for, you know, what a water diviner is. Um so a diviner is someone that utilizes um different methods um that is that has to do with their medicine, that has to do with their purpose to be able to communicate with spirits, be able to communicate with other world ancestors and um, spiritual guides and just different spiritual um, sources. Uh, my method of um, divining, which is uh, being able to communicate with those otherworldly forces, is using water. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually learned this really just I wasn't taught this by any particular teacher. I learned it when I was in Africa. I was studying with uh, Maladoma Patrice Somme, and um, I just, I was doing the course of the study. It just, Spirit just unveiled this to me, and that's pretty much how it started. Um, so water divining, um my setup is basically the I use rocks and there's water in in the circle of the rocks and it allows me to be able to see just different I mean a lot of different possibilities different timelines um, whatever the purpose of the person is whatever just pretty much there every everything. Um, so it's a great tool to be able to find out what your purpose is, a great tool to be able to connect with your ancestors and to just be able to get information from those otherworldly forces and from, from God, from spirit. I love so many aspects of what you just shared. Like the thing that strikes me is that uh, divination or divining and Uh, the practice of having a way to have a conversation with spirit, however that Mm. naturally evolves, like you you said that your ability to understand the language through water just emerged naturally into your knowingness. And I think for people that can be like a very like aha kind of statement because Mm. somebody may – be you know they're touching traditional things like cowrie shells or uh, Herkimer diamonds or dowsing rods or pendulums, but there can be other ways that may not be quote unquote popular that are very individualized that people can step into a deeper exploration of that. That that had to be fascinating to understand that water and you were able to begin to have these conversations. Absolutely, absolutely. There is, um, see, each person's ability to be divine, um, to divine, or whatever methodology that you use to divine is very unique to your own spirit, is very unique to your own gifts and um, your own medicine. And I've always been deeply connected with water, but 
didn't really know um, how deeply connected until this was unveiled to me and I started doing it. And um, I've always had the sense that water, you know, the water is alive, that it's at its own spirit. Um, but, you know, when I started doing this work and this, you know, this became revealed to me, um, it really opened me up to the next level of um, what water is and how much, you know, water is, there are multiple spirits within water, um, and water is alive. The water inside of us is alive, and it's a frequency, and mm -hmm. it's an access. It's a gateway, just like um, there are gateways and portals in different points of the earth. Water is also a gateway to other dimensions, to other to other places as well. Oh, I'm loving this. I am... <laughs> I am a cancer rising, and I love salt water especially, uh, and didn't grow oh. up around salt water. It spoke to me, you know, at a soul level. So uh, that importance and healing and existence of water and all things, <laughs> you know, that are manifest is a beautiful <laughs> thing. So the term Psychic, do you resonate with that or use it in the way that you talk about your connection with spirit? Well, you know, actually, I've uh, I've al I always feel like I've been psychic um, since I was little. But I've always, you know, we, there's always so many different languages and words that we use to mm -hmm. explain, you know, the medicine which one has or which one carries. Um, but I've always, I've actually, I actually went through a psychic development program in up here in Atlanta, um, a couple of years back. And I trained it with, um, a very special lady, um, who no longer does the program. Um, but it was, it really helped me to understand fully, uh, more so that, you know, that everybody is some form, everybody does have forms of psychic abilities and um, that can be trained, that can be honed, um, and that can really help you to understand the relationship and the experience between in this existence and your consciousness and how to, um, I guess I would have to say, how to evolve that consciousness. Mm-hmm. What? It, from what I've read, um, you, you had a natural curiosity from childhood about what was out there, I guess, in the world. And then you mentioned then feeling like maybe as a child you were psychic. What were you, like, experiencing in terms of what your reality, what was real to you as a, a young child? So since I was little, I've always um, I've always had this sense and knowing of what God is, and um, but you know the God that was explained to me because my family, you know my family was my family's Christian and Catholic at that, you know that didn't really resonate to me because what was being explained to me and what I was experiencing in my reality of, you know seeing spirits and always been having dreams that will come true, even at an early age, um, mm -hmm. and saying things that will just happen and not really understanding how, what the phenomenon is and how it all 
fit in. Um, but I've but I've always known that it was, you know, it was all an aspect of God in a way, and that um, but I just didn't know what languages to use for it, um, mm-hmm. and I I didn't really. It didn't make sense from what I was being taught to what I was experiencing. It wasn't until as I grew and I really started studying different Eastern religions um, and more so recently started learning more about my own spirituality, African spirituality, Yoruba traditions, Dagora traditions, um, Kenyan traditions, you know, Igbo traditions, just different African traditions and spirituality that I I think have a deeper, uh, more in-depth understanding as to the nature of reality um, and how that ties into the psychic aspect of the self. That is, it's like a long arc, right? (laughs) From (laughs) youth and awareness of uh, pre, like precognition uh, or experiencing yeah. things multidimensionally if we take it away from yeah. the linear previous past perspective, right? Being in mm-hmm. multidimensional experiences as a child and having those things then manifest as seen, that was that a positive, negative, or neutral kind of experience for you? I would say for me it was really more so neutral um, Mm -hmm. because I didn't really look at it as it was, you know what, I would say at first it was scary um, because not, you know, because you've been taught to fear those things and there's been a lot of programming around those things, especially in my culture. so at first, I would say, looking back at it, I would say there was some negative um, connotation to it. Um, but mm-hmm. the more that I, you know, really started learning and reading and understanding and trusting, because a big part of it is really trusting yourself, mm-hmm. you know, trusting what you're seeing, trusting what your inner guidance, your intuition is telling you. And um, the more you start learning, developing those tools, um, the more you're able to, I guess I'll say, be concrete in mm-hmm. um, what you see, what you hear, what you know, and have no doubt being able to, you know, come in whatsoever, being able to sleep in. You know, I've since I was, I started meditating when I was in about ninth grade. Okay. And at that and at that age, I was meditating a lot, and I started having so many different, um, just so many different experiences in just consciousness. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, experiencing reality like past, present, and future simultaneously, mm-hmm. just running into different energy grids, seeing the grids on the planet, just a lot of different things that, you know, normal teenagers don't really experience <laughs> and not being able to not really being able to talk about it with my family. I think that was Mm -hmm. the really hard part. Um, But just having to learn how to, once again, cultivate that trust within what my guidance was telling me, what spirit was Mm -hmm. telling me, uh, and what I was experiencing. 
So by this time, as you're talking about into like uh, ninth or early high school years, I guess, you were not mm-hmm. um, uh, necessarily, <clears throat> excuse me, studying, you were self-studying different things, but you weren't necessarily aligned with like the learning pathway that you um, have expressed in terms of moving into uh, your ancestral connections and other practices. How how did you move into like your young adulthood? Were you continuing to explore spirituality, or did you step into like career type things in the in the three D way? Yeah, that's always see, that's always been a challenge for me. Like um, even up to this point, where I'm now really breaking away from the theory three D stuff and doing more so my uh, my water divination and writing and speaking and things like that. But since um, I would say my younger years, I was um, I was going back and forth between the physical reality of, you know, working the nine to five, you know, mm-hmm. going to school, uh, trying to figure it all out. How does it fit? How how will my path and my medicine, what do I have to give to the world and how how all of that will work? So trying to figure out all of that, but still at the same time, um, continuing meditation, continuing to study just like Buddhism and Hinduism and um, mm-hmm. Zoroastrianism and all these isms <laughs> and even um, mm-hmm. and Islam and, um, and Sufism and just mm-hmm. learning about all these different cultures and the mystic aspects of it. Um, and also learning the how everything is energy and just mm-hmm. taking different classes um, and things like that, I think really, really opened my awareness more and more, but yet still, I don't think that I put as much action into it. Um, mm. It wasn't until I think the later part of my life, which is now when, and when I started studying the shamanic um, aspect, and I started really doing the work around a lot of my fears because for the longest time I never explored ancestral mm-hmm. or African spirituality mm-hmm. because it's been such a taboo subject, especially for my culture. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's, it comes from us, we're mm-hmm. more scared of it than anybody else because mm-hmm. there's been such a negative connotation, primarily due to colonialism mm-hmm. um, and adaptation of American and Western culture, and mm-hmm. also due to this negative negative connotation that, okay, well, that everybody, that a lot of, um, that people primarily back home or around Africa use it for negative things. Mm-hmm. But... I don't necessarily think that that's truth and reality, that it's all that everybody uses for negative. I think that that's the only thing that you hear about. And right. so when people only hear about that and they focus on that, they are only going to see the negative aspect of it. Because mm-hmm. like with anything else, you know, there is the good and there's the bad aspects right. of it. And some people use it very irresponsibly. And they, they have, you know, there are shamans that they don't have integrity. Right. Unfortunately, that's just the case. Um, right. But those who understand the importance of the work and understand what the what it was meant for as, you know, a connection of love to God to be able to, for mm-hmm. you to move up in levels of consciousness and growth, um, use it the correct way. 
Right. But anyway, so going back, um, yeah, during my early years, it was it was very hard. Um, I say moving and doing this full time, but I did always constantly engage um, in this work, um, not the shamanic mm-hmm. aspect, but also other metaphysical aspects. Like, um, you know, I did psychic things, I did psychic readings, I did um, crystal healings and things like that. So. Mm-hmm. So you just explored whatever you were drawn to while you're doing your 3D life. You're just like exploring all that you can parallelly. Exactly. So I I explored all that I can, but I was also, I think the biggest part for me was that I knew that I had a purpose. And the biggest thing for me was, Spirits was spirits always been talking to me and revealing revealing things to me. So figuring out what that purpose is and acting on it was the biggest part for me. And I think a lot of that started becoming more concrete and clear when I picked up the book of Water and Spirit um, and I started um, working with Maladoma Patrice Summit. Okay, and I saw that as well. Can you share a little bit about this study? Sure, absolutely. Um, I actually, um, so I I read of Water and Spirit probably about six six years ago, I would say. Around six years ago was when I read the book. And it was actually a friend of mine, Dana, at the time who, I posted about the book, and she mentioned it. And she actually mentioned it, I think, months back. And I was like, okay. But I never really took it seriously. So, And I think a couple of months later, I was like, you know what? Let me give it a try. So I ordered a book. I read it. And I was just blown away at, you know, the level of not just information, but I would say the best word that I can use it would be African spirituality or African spiritual technology that was um, put in the book because I've always, um, I've always suspected, you know, that our people were advanced spiritually and they knew a lot of things and the things that they practiced weren't necessarily evil, but I read, you know, I've read a couple of Yoruba books and things like that, but not to the level of where, he was able to talk about his journey from being little and being um, kidnapped by, taken by the uh, by the Jesuits and taken to the priesthood school, and then his deceased grandfather guided. Once he left, he escaped from the school. His deceased grandfather, his spirit guided him back to his village. Just it was all just so fascinating, mm-hmm. and. So just reading that book, I really, really changed my perspective and also helped – it opened up a deeper curiosity in me that I haven't had about African spirituality um, in a long time, which helped me to start doing the work of releasing the negative impressions that have been printed in my mind that I've held on so much about my own beliefs and about my Mm. people's spirituality. Mm. Um. So that's, I would say that's kind of like how the, the journey started in terms of my shamanic work and in terms of learning and studying about um, 
the African ways and African forms of spirituality? Well, it's in my cart, Amazon, now, so I'm looking for it. I love good book recommendations, of course. As a librarian slash librarian, I'm like, oh, I love it. Read a book, it changes your life, <laughs> right? Absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> so when I was actually – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. So when I was reading the book, a um, couple of things happened. One of the biggest things that happened was I had this intense surge of knowing just throughout my body that I'm going to study with him one day. Mm. And wow. you know, I've, never met, I've never met the guy, um, but I've always had profound knowing throughout my life. Mm-hmm. I would just know things. And mm-hmm. I can remember even when I was little, I would just know things. I wouldn't know why I knew it, how I knew it, but... I just mm-hmm. knew I would just know things. Um, yes. So I, I had that feeling of knowing this happened. And so I looked him up. I did some research. I saw that he was, he did, you know, classes um, and different programs. So I signed up. So I remember I was like, you know what? I'll take some, I'll take some time. I'll sign up for one of his classes. So I did. And I signed up for one of his classes and, um, it's been going since just learning, okay. you know, the, the level we don't, there's so much that we don't understand mm-hmm. so much that we think we know that we don't know, you know, because it's, it's so hard to explain because this, this um, current paradigm or this current Um, tools of control and the people in power have created such a system that does such a disempowerment, you know, by design um, Mm. to people to disconnect you from source, from your ancestors, from those Mm. otherworldly sources help. But they're always here. They're always around. They're always wanting to help. But we have to give them the authority and the power and the permission to be mm-hmm. able to assist and make change and help us to make changes and further, you know, our development in our lives. And um, since I started doing the work of um, of ancest- the ancestral work, um, I mean, there's been a lot of changes in my life. You know, it's all been it's all been positive. That's beautiful. I mean, for people who don't have as part of their uh, spiritual framework a concept of ancestral practices, how would you, you know, encapsulate what that looks like from your perspective? Sure. So the term ancestors are those, you know, those family members that are no longer with us. Um, that have passed on to the other side. Now, in Dagara belief um, system and in Dagara mythos, there is a concrete knowing and practice that family doesn't just stop in this world. That family, and even in Yoruba, it's the same thing. When you really look at Yoruba culture, I'm Yoruba, so, but that family doesn't stop in this life. That family continues in the left, next life. And we are able to continue to communicate with them and, and 
um, have them um, and have them work on our behalf, on the family's behalf in this life so that bad things won't happen, so that the family will be saved, so that um, so that everything that needs to be learned by the soul, by the spirit will continue to happen smoothly and effortlessly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and it's not just in African culture. You know, if you look right. around the world, there's always been a, it's always been a knowing, there's always been a veneration of ancestors in Asian mm-hmm. cultures, in Native American mm-hmm. cultures, in the Aboriginal cultures of the people of Australia, South, <laughs> I mean, Peruvian, mm-hmm. Brazilian, you name it. I've studied with a lot of different cultures. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's all the same. They all always had that knowing and understanding that there is a relationship between us and the dead and those who have passed. And they just just don't die and go to heaven and that's it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that didn't happen to, that belief system didn't happen until later on. And so, but it you is know, a strong with the, belief system teaching. It is. You know, it, it is, is a, a very, very that's strong. the hardest, I think, one of the, and it's not just a Christian teaching. It's, a, you know, there are a lot of uh, doctrinal teachings that do separate the idea of there being an after connection in the present time. It's something that is far away at a future point, you know, um, that's unavailable to you supposedly until that future time. And that causes a huge amount of grief in people is that feeling of separation and loss of just even present loved ones or generational loved ones, you know, it can be very wounding. It can, it can. And so, but indigenous cultures has always been an understanding and a practice um, that those who have passed on, that they just, they go into a different frequency in a way because everything in the universe works on frequencies. Mm-hmm. Um, so the frequency that they are now at is still in a way connected to us. And it, they're giving us the baton of continuation, but we must still continue to make sure that those family members, you know, are, are honored and that they're still working with the family. Because the thing about it is that, see, when you start doing ancestral work, um, you start realizing that a lot of things sometimes that we experience that we think is our own is not our own. Mm-hmm. Because the things that are passed on through genetics, through the DNA, mm-hmm. is partly those things that come from, you know, whether it's a situation that you didn't handle here while you were alive, it just gets passed down through the DNA again to the next person until right. it's cleaned up and healed. So yeah. the work with the ancestors um, allows you and that ancestor to be able to do the work and to be able to clean it up so that it doesn't get passed on to the next generation, onto the next person that's coming into the experience as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why it was, and I feel like that's why that technology was just so known around the world and it was so important and why everybody practiced it. Well, I am excited now because science 
is now coming uh, to the same kind of conclusion point about generational manifestation in the field of epigenetics, which, you know, acknowledges that when there has been especially like a trauma such as uh, the Holocaust of uh, Europe or the Holocaust of Africa and slavery in the United States, that there are conditions that are set about in the biology of our being that just as other species pass on to each other, then those things are, you know, passed on genetically. And so, you're, you know, you could have bad metabolism uh, because seven generations ago there was a great drought and your cells were beginning to function differently and that inheritance is passed down to you. Right, so it's it's this beautiful intersection of DNA in in spirit and in expression, and I think that's very important that we're being able to have the conversation from a variety of angles about clearing energy and what healing truly means for ourselves and then our future generations as well. Absolutely. That is that is so true on so many multiple levels. Um, is that when we one part of my biggest work now is that um aside from you know water divination is um I study with different shamans from around the world and I, I do I write about the experience and I try to share the knowledge or um get the knowledge out there. Is so it's it's just very important that we understand um our role between ourselves in this world and the world of the ancestors and beyond, because there are many realities. There are many mm-hmm. realities. We are multidimensional beings. Uh, we don't just, you know, when when we wake up to the fullness of who we are, we start realizing that we we're having. There's so many different timelines that we're experiencing, <laughs> so many different parallel realities that we're experiencing. It's really literally all at once. There's really no such thing as that past, present, future. Mm-hmm. It's it's really just multiple parallel streams. It's mm-hmm. just all exists simultaneously. But it, it, I can't really go into detail of how it works here because it might take too much time. But. <laughs> Well, it's definitely uh, something that I'm sure people who are seeking um, to begin to become aware, like our guides and teams, like you said, they're like so many beings around just waiting to answer the questions about how stuff works, right? Uh, Absolutely. And so it really activates into a whole exciting new adventure of the of the conversations that you can have, that divining that can happen. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, um, one of the things that um, you mentioned or in your bio is that you are have followed pathways that have led you to the mother medicine or mama ayahuasca and uh, plant yeah. medicine, which is the feminine pathway of connection. So how were you led to uh, plant medicine uh, in your journey? You know, plant medicine was something that just happened. It was very um, synchronistic, like most things in my life. 
Um, I was actually speaking with a friend, a friend of mine, who actually my teacher, uh, who used to be my teacher at the psychic development program, um, Joanne Wilson. I was speaking with her, and um, I, I think we were just doing something at, at her house, and then a friend um, of mine who actually studied with her as well, a student, he was there that day, and he was talking about ayahuasca, and I've never heard about about ayahuasca before, and um, never heard about it, and I, it just piqued my interest. I was like, oh, really? So who is the, how do you do it, how does it work, and all of that, and he told me a little bit. So that just really <laughs> opened up, you know, my curiosity, and I went online, and I started doing research. Mm-hmm. I just started doing more research and just looking at the side, you know, the negatives and the positives, um, and also just looking at the reading a little bit about some of the people's spiritual experiences about it in the past, what they've experienced, what has happened, and um, how a few people have died from doing it, but majority of people don't. And, um, you know, I just made my informed, you know, decision I to give it a try. Uh, you know, I did, mm-hmm. I meditated on it, and I prayed on it, say do it, so I, so I signed up for a session um, in Peru because I wanted to go to the source. I didn't want to mm-hmm. do it here in the States. I wanted to go to the source. So he told me the center that he was going to go to, which is the um, Capitari in Iquitos, Peru. And so I looked them up. I did my research. I signed up for a week um, session, and I flew to Peru probably about, mm-hmm. I think, like six months I flew to Peru. And um, so was, getting there, I tried it. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was say, was that uh, one of your bigger leaps of faith in terms of getting on the plane and going to Peru, or was that kind of par for your the course in terms of your I'm going to do it journey? You know what? I'm I'm one of those people that I'm once I make up my mind, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I love to travel anyway, so that wasn't like a big thing. Okay. And, and I love to learn different cultures um, and learn about the history of the world, how the world works, energy, and you know, indigenous people. Okay. So it wasn't too, it wasn't too much of a hard sell for me. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so, you know, then going yeah, to the jungle to one, you know, going to the jungle to do ayahuasca is kind of out there for some people. I can. It, it is a little out there. It is a little but I'm a little out there, so. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so when you went anyway, the first time, you were saying. Oh, when I went the first time, I I was blown away by the experience. I honestly didn't have any. I never go into any spiritual journey with expectations. I've learned mm-hmm. um, after doing this work for so long to to temper my expectations, to let that go and to just release and surrender that, and to allow spirit to do the work. And I made sure that I followed the advice of the shamans before I got there, and I, I, I did a diet. I started doing a diet a month before I went. Oh, um, wow. And I was doing heavy prayer meditations and just really clearing and centering and making sure <clears throat> that the, the, because the medicine, the plant medicine has to connect with you and has to work with your system with your physical system as well as your spiritual system. <clears throat> so I really made sure that 
um, that I was open, that my heart was open, um, and that my body was free of a lot of toxins and things like that, because that's very important in order for the medicine to be effective. So I believe, so the first night when I took the ayahuasca, when I tell you the experience that I had was so unspeakable, you know, I just, <laughs> I was, I saw so much. I saw mm-hmm. Thoth, the Egyptian, him. I met, um, I just, I met so many beings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I went through, I went through the grids of reality and they mm-hmm. were showing me, what they were showing me was the history, some of the history of the world and the people in the shadows that run the world and how the world is controlled and the aliens behind the scenes and things like that. And um, it was this when I really started realizing that the biggest problem we have right now in humanity, the biggest problem we have on the planet is that humanity is not in control. Mm-hmm. We, we, we think we're free, but humanity is not free. That's, I think that when people come to this conclusion, when people realize this, um, I think we'll be able to, we'll be able to be free. But there's so many groups, so many different, I mean, when I say different groups of families, of alien groups, they just have so much invested in this planet. They just want to control and destroy humanity and this and that and that and this. So that first experience of ayahuasca, that was a lot of what was shown to me. Um, mm-hmm. Just I had to learn about the history. I had to learn about those who were, those who had the power, who were controlling everything. Um, and they really showed me about um, where it stemmed from. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I saw a past life of mine that was actually connected to those people behind the scenes or in power and all of that. And it was, you know, it was, I didn't want to believe it when I saw right. it. Even though I fixed it, even though I saw it, you know, I've, right. I've read a little bit about it. I've heard a little bit about it. But it's different when you experience something because mm-hmm. then you really have to face the reality and the facts. <laughs> right. You have to right. face the hard truth. It just creates, right. creates this dissonance in you. And I was... When I tell you for like a whole six months, I didn't want to write about what it told me to write about. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to see anymore I, because mm-hmm. that awakened something in me when I started seeing deeper. And I started right. seeing, you know, the negative entities are in control and things like that. And I, I just, I didn't want to see anymore. I, I didn't want to deal with it because it was just, it was a level of truth that most people can't handle. <laughs> most people can't handle that. It's just the reality. Um, what I've learned is that, you know, when you start telling people these things, they're like, oh, no, you're nuts. You're crazy. You're right. psycho, blah, 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 blah. Um, but that's the truth. That's the truth of right. our reality. And we just we have to come to terms with it if we want anything on our planet to be <laughs> to change. If we, if we want yeah. ancestors to, to truly help us, we have to know what we need help with. you know um so that i started a different journey it started a journey of truth of me really learning the history of the world of those behind the scenes of um how it happened of when it happened and you know all of that 
And then I actually just got back um, about a month and a half ago, and that more was revealed about towards the same thing. And um, it's ayahuasca really opens you up, mm-hmm. but you have you have to be open. You have to be willing um, because it connects you to the to the center and to the core of who you are and to the mother to to the to Mother mm-hmm. Earth to Pachimama, mm-hmm. to Tengan, Tembalu, you know, Mother Earth, you know, to the planet at its core. Because our planet is alive. It's a living, breathing entity, living, breathing being um, that's connected to all of us. Mm-hmm. So it was a really, really, I can't even say really enough, but <laughs> it was a very... Um, eye-opening experience as to the truth of our world and um, who controls it, how long it's been happening, and, you know, all of that. I have, like, I'm bookmarking a couple questions. Okay, so in terms of your ancestral connections and going on back in what we would perceive as time, are you uh, connecting with your star or extraplanetary ancestral aspects as well? Um, it, it depends on your definition of star or extra, extraplanetary aspects. What, what is your definition of that? So I can well, put it into context in my mind. Some people would say, oh, like ancestry back to, you know, say and uh, the big continent that it once was. Like if we could all trace our ancestry, but to gotcha. go to off planet to say, you know, from the the DNA lineage of a Pleiadian or uh, Arcturian or a, a Lyran or what we would see as the that people would label them alien civilizations, but that's yeah. a matter of perspective, I guess. I don't know if I explained that so, very well. But you know what I mean? yeah, it makes sense now that you've expanded a little bit um, on it. Um, I usually connect it to, I usually connect and work with ancestors that, um, that, I, that primarily have um, been on, that have been and have lived on this planet. Human, okay, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so throughout human history from the beginning of time on this planet. Um, okay. Especially, and it's very important for us to connect into, especially those medicine ancestors, those ancestors that lived their medicine, that lived their purpose while they were here. Because those ancestors, because, because they are level of consciousness when you're working, you know, with this, um, they're usually, they're more, they're more awakened, they're usually know more, they usually have access to a lot more. But yeah, I, when it comes to that, mostly work with the ancestors um, on the planet. Planetary, uh, yes. Okay, yes. Thank you. That's very helpful. And um, in terms of your um, medicine journey with ayahuasca, it's, um, I think one of the challenges is that it it activates us beyond the language and the way that our brain has typically processes to communicate. 
uh, so it's very mm-hmm. challenging to distill the the expansion and the the com- conversation that's happening when you're in an altered state like that to bring it down to be reasonably articulated to people because most of the times they'll chalk it up and say, oh, you were just tripping. That was a wild trip, you guys. And you're like, no, I saw the interconnectivity of it all. And they're like, sure you did. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, right? <laughs> wow, you were high as hell. <laughs> but I will say, having done journeys myself, you don't um, – you don't process the world the same after you've had the wires kind of turned on in a way that you could become aware of them. And I highly recommend people, you know, who want to explore. To me, there's nothing like it. You can do it through meditation, certainly, and through fasting and other things. But medicine is beautiful. Go ahead. I say you absolutely can because it is a frequency that you're that you're going into. That's all it is. You know, it's just a different way into getting into that frequency that ayahuasca takes you into. But it, mm-hmm. you absolutely can do it through other ways. Yeah. Well, um, you actually now provide a pathway back to uh, the place where that was the container for your experience with uh, uh, mother medicine. So you, is that current with travel restrictions? Are you able to go uh, and take people to this experience now? Yes, it is um, still current, and I'm actually going to be taking my first group of people to work with the shaman that I work with there um, next year, so probably around May or June um, next year we'll be doing that. Um, And with the travel restrictions, as of right now, it's still open. Um, They Mm -hmm. don't require you to have a vaccine for you to get into Peru, Um, but with everything going on, I'm sure that can change. Yes, okay. And you said you just got back yourself from doing some travel? I did. I did. I just got back from Peru and got back from Nigeria. And um, it, it was it was amazing. It was a really eye-opening trip and um, learning more about the water spirits and just more going deeper into my work and going deeper into, you know, the path of medicine. So um, when you are now, like, in um, the the – medicine of being medicine to people as a water diviner um i would have came across i guess your web page or your instagram and said oh my gosh uh, do i want to is it a session that you have or a reading or like what what kind of services do you offer so it is um it's a session and it's um so we do the we do an online session uh, through Zoom. Um, it's on my website on, on mylifeonpurpose.co, so mylifeonpurpose.co. Um, so you go on the website, it has a lot of my blog posts and write-ins, and then it also has the divinations where you can book the water divination. And I have an hour session, and I also have an um, hour and a half session that you can book. And um, usually when people book it, most people are sat- well, not most, just about everybody that usually satisfied with it. Um, and it really helps you to get very clear 
um, about what it is that you're coming to me for. And I tell people all the time, if you're looking for a happy-go-lucky reading or a, you know, one of those, oh, all is one type deal, please don't come to me. I'm going to have another one for you. <laughs> because the work that, that I do is very rooted in truth because I see everything. So when the ancestors in the water is showing me a particular something to tell you and to, to see that's very important for you to know, I can't not tell you because it will be a disservice to your higher self. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but if you want, you know, and during the reading, sometimes you're given prescriptions and rituals to do in order to remove um in order to just remove obstacles out of your life in order to clear things so that you can get to where you need to get to. Um, So that happens at times, too. People are giving prescriptions and rituals. Um, And, yeah. So how do your typical client, like, do you have a typical client who calls you and is like, hey, so... Like, or, is, or is it very just as as spirit just directs and your phone rings and your email goes off? You know what? It's just they come from everywhere. I have clients. I actually just did a reading a couple of days ago for a woman in Italy. Um, I've done readings for people in Peru, in Europe, in Africa, um, here in the States. It's just I wouldn't say there's a typical person. Um I was most, well, let me say most people are either curious or they're, they're actively, you know, into psychic readings and things like that in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also noticed that most people that I give um, a lot of divinations to, there is a strong sense of um, them getting on track and the information that the ancestors want to give them to help them to see or to clear something, to order them to see what their purpose is or in order for them to clear whatever needs to be removed so that they can keep moving forward onto the right path or in order for them to to bring information to do some work that might be multidimensional, somehow related to their life here. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm just thinking, I'm like, I know I'm one of those people that's like, Oh, cool. What kind of reading is this? <laughs> right? Because I've always been curious about like what's the method and like what yeah. can spirit communicate with me through this person. If, if you know, it's like having a translator for a conversation that you may not be <laughs> understanding of the language, right? And so uh, a person like you would be, I would look at you as like, oh, you're going to provide a gateway to me to a whole realm of uh, communication that I might not have been able to interpret myself, right? So Mm -hmm. I could see that happening. But, of course, spirit always is behind everything when we even when we think we're just being curious. (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, sometimes, you know, I've had clients where, you know, they come with questions or intentions, and I immediately, when I start, I know that that's not, it's something completely different that they need to know. And that might, and what they really wanted to know, they might be scared to, 
to, um, you know, to hear it. So spirit gives them that information. So it's, it's not one model fits all. Mm. And so, but your trust of like the guidance that you are delivering came through really your own process of trusting the conversation yourself. Yeah, absolutely. came through, I would say some of the psychic training that I've had in the past really helped because you have, in order to do this work, you have to really learn how to be neutral and how to be in love. If mm-hmm. you're not in the frequency of neutrality and, and of love, don't do the work. That's mm-hmm. what I would say to anyone that, that does the work. If you're not in that frequency of, if you don't know how to be neutral when you're giving someone, because your because my um, responsibility and my intention as the diviner, as the healer, is to help them to heal. So the information that comes through oftentimes is information that helps someone to heal. So I'm very careful as to how I present the message and information, regardless of how, regardless of how tumultuous um, the information might be. Mm-hmm. And so you found that the psychic development was very uh, useful in terms of uh, stepping into service to others from your own absolutely out of your own spiritual personal spiritual practices into being of service to others. It was very useful, and also my training, my shamanic training so far, has been incredibly useful. And again, that that basis of that I've always trusted what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing, and because you have to trust. If you don't trust um, what you're seeing and what is being related to you to relate to the person, um, it's not going to work. You just you just have to know and trust that that's God or that spirit. Um, and mm-hmm. everything I see, I always see it without a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. He said, "Beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know, right? <laughs> when you know, you know." Yeah. That's uh, you know, I'm an oracle and tarot card card. I love that form of cartomancy or card divination. But it was like when I first was starting out, I was always wanting to like read for other people to see if what was coming through. It was like validating. But then I would not want to read for myself. <laughs> so, And I had a couple friends that we were all the same way. It's like, well, no, you read mine, right? And it's like you had, we had to grow into the reversal of that paradigm to where we were, you know, cause how can I be comfortable having the conversation myself and then outsource to you? You know, it was just a little inverted, but that was a yeah, part of the growth and learning. And I'm grateful for having that circle of friends that all wanted to do that, you know, kind of in the same time because we had practice buddies. <laughs> but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not doing the conversation and having it myself and I don't, I personally don't feel I should be having conversations of uh, to share anything with anybody else, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. from the inside yeah. out. So in terms of your current studies, I know that you are progressing down the shaman's path um, and you're continuing to work with, um, is it Maladol? Mal- Mal- could you say your uh, 
your teacher's yeah, name again? Yeah, so right now I'm I'm just I'm studying and just I love to travel, so I study and I travel with different shamans, um, and I learn more about, especially my my focus and my excitement right now is about African spiritual technologies and you know African spirituality. So um, learning more about different um, parts of Africa, their spiritual technologies, their spirituality and. Because when you start learning this, you start you realize that there, there's a lot of ancient spiritual. When I tell you, you just deep knowledge of things that we can do as human beings that has been kept secret, which you know I, I understand why it's been kept secret. Um, that has been that has just been hidden um, from us. Um, for various reasons, and um, that has also been stolen from Africa and has been twisted and manipulated and things like that. So I love bringing, shedding light and helping people to understand um, African spirituality, what it's for, um, and how it can really help you to grow and develop a relationship between your ancestors and really understand the nature of the world understanding what spirit, what God is, you know, because no one person is going to experience God the same way. Mm -hmm. It's an impossibility, Mm -hmm. you know, because God, because there's no way you can experience something that's omnipotent the same way as somebody else, because there's always going to be multiple possibilities. There's always going to be infinite possibilities. Right. You know, um, so the African African spirituality and the African mode of understanding what spirit is um, helps us to understand and to know that there will always be various forms, various deepening understanding, not intellectually, but from the space of the heart of understanding mm-hmm. of what spirit is. Mm-hmm. Because it's only in and through that space of the heart um that honestly that we can save ourselves um and that we can connect with nature with god and with the reality and we are being drawn into ever more expanded opportunities for that heart-based experience mm-hmm. of reality absolutely absolutely um because so much in our planet is changing um mm-hmm. So much is happening, so much is changing, and, you know, with COVID and everything else, the media will have you believe that, (laughs) you know, the world is coming to an end, and, you know, people are really, you know, hating each other. You know, they, they just send all of these messages intentionally in order to create fear, because, again, humanity isn't free, you know, when when people are in fear, they're easily able to be controlled and manipulated. Mm-hmm. That's the easiest way. You know, governments and have used this tool forever. They've used this mode of creating fear. But now in the technological mm-hmm. age, they've, they've almost ramped it up in a way that it's, um, it's unfathomable. Mm-hmm. And people yeah. just have to realize and, and understand that please don't believe everything that you, that you see and that you hear. 
um, because it's not until you, you see, you can always lie to the mind. You can never lie to the heart mm-hmm. because when the heart is open, the heart will always hear the truth. Right. That's why it's very important at this time for us to live in that space of the heart and oneness. Um, mm-hmm. And not oneness from an illusion space of, oh, that everything is one and there is no mm-hmm. issues in the world and oh, none of that. Right. Oneness from a place of where you can take action from a place of love, you know, yeah. um, you know, and with the help of the ancestors. And it, so. if, so people, it's like, it's not like, well, it's easy, but it's not easy, right? It's, it's like really. Absolutely. Easy, everybody will be doing it. <laughs> right, right. And yet, and still, we are really open hearted towards other humans in a fundamental way when we see suffering or we see, you know, uh, a need or infirmity or frailness. Like our our real true natural inclination is to expand in the heart space into a, a place Absolutely. of giving. That's that's kind Absolutely. of like natural, right? Except where there has been Absolutely. a woundedness that causes one to react in fear of that. You really got to fight hard, unfortunately, with help <laughs> to kind of have that rejection because the heart wants to to share love and see others be at peace and at ease, you know, naturally. Mm-hmm. I, wanted, I, I wanted to ask if you have encountered any of the African medicine pathways, like what is it, Ebola, Ecoba? Uh, uh, so, you know, Iboga is actually on, yeah, so Iboga is actually on my to-do list next year. I'll be doing Iboga, um, but I haven't done it before. I've heard many things about it, and it actually, most of it takes you to the realm of the ancestors. Um, but Iboga is a deep medicine that really helps one to heal and helps one to connect deeper to the ancestors. Um, yeah, there's, there, there are so many different pathways and spiritualities uh, on the African continent. Yeah. Um, of course, I think the most known by most everybody here in the West is Ifa, um, which is the, really translates as um, love. Ifa is really love, or Ife in Yoruba, traditional Yoruba language, Ife is love. So, mm-hmm. um, and the Yoruba tradition um, came from is came from um, Yoruba land, came out of Oshun State in Nigeria, and there is, I believe, Ileife is the origin of the Yoruba tradition, which has the Orishas and things, the hierarchy and things like that. But it's all. Um, I wouldn't say the same, but it's all pretty similar to because these Oishas and these beings like that, they're all, they're very similar to the Bodhisattvas. They're the same thing, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, because they're just enlightened beings that have really learned how to balance both aspects of themselves, um, which is that light and dark aspect mm-hmm. and elevating their consciousness. Mm-hmm. 
the commonality of like when you get to the indigenous connections and relationships with the natural world of which spirit was just inclusive of that, like understanding, uh, you know, it does not matter which, uh, what we would see as racial construct surrounds that indigenousness. So from, as you said, the bodhisattvas, the devas, the uh, the wise elders, I mean, all of these are uh, arose everywhere so that there was at least a pathway to understanding our place in the reality dimension. And the common is more common than the differences are the differences. It's like minor technicalities in a way. Boil <laughs> it all down. Yeah, I mean, I I absolutely agree. Is um, we have to we have to come back to love, you know, but in a way that in a way that um, we understand the history, the true not the history that's been given it to us, but the true history of a war, of our world. Because if we don't want, if we don't understand what's really going on in our world, and you know, the true history of it. Because um, a lot of things have been manipulated, it's been lied about, it's been you know all of that stuff. Um, but we must not allow ourselves to be separated. You know, we must not allow ourselves to be uh, for people to group us into different groups and say, oh that unvaxxed person is a bad person, that white person is a black person, and this black mm-hmm. person is a... All, all, all of that stuff is just unnecessary rubbish. Right. Um, you know? One thing that I but, find... Um, one thing that I find interesting is the the concept of uh, like a pure cultural one line back uh, identification to say like, okay, well, I'm tracing my African roots and that is all that is in my bloodline where et cetera, et cetera, versus, okay, I'm in Nepal and I am identifying the branches of my family tree that were in this energy as well as the African or the Mayan or the Native American, like going into all of the indigenous practices with identification rather than separation. And that's one area where I find that people become kind of container-centric to say, well, it's only, mm. you know, mine. I'm the only one that connect can connect with this energy because that's who I am in this particular lifetime. It's, um, you know, African-based, so therefore they're mine, you know? Uh, and so you've traveled from all over and been putting together a, a much larger painting of your ancestral work and connections to the spirit realm. Yeah, it's um it's so complicated and it's I'm not going to lie, it's hard to navigate 
Because as humans, we get stuck in the 3D because we only see this surface and this layer, and most people, that's what most people see. And so they get caught in that that illusion of, oh, well, um, like you said, I'm, I'm only this in this lifetime. I can only, you know, I have to focus on this. Um, and I'm not saying that to take away from, you know, someone's identity of being mm-hmm. a particular thing, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's a way to be able to, I think when people start understanding the spiritual aspect of it first, the other aspect starts making more sense because you start realizing that you really are a spiritual being having a physical experience. You've mm-hmm. come here multiple times, multiple lives and multiple realities. Um, and for you to get stuck on that one aspect, of just saying, oh, I'm just this, Mm -hmm. having this experience. Um, I think you're falling into the trap of the illusion of what's been created Mm -hmm. in this reality, which is meant to to purposely uh, not bring people together, which is purposely meant to um, have people attack each other. You know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's the point of how this whole we have this whole game was set up and played. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when, when you start realizing and accepting those different aspects of yourself and also not just realizing and accepting it, but also clearing it and healing the things that have happened in those lives as well, it also has mm-hmm. a ripple effect on the planet in present time. Mm-hmm. Um, and those healing start changing affecting people in ways that you won't even have even thought about or predicting, which is why in African culture, ritual is so important. Mm-hmm. We always, they always prescribe ritual because mm-hmm. ritual is like spirit moving constantly, mm-hmm. you know, because when, the Africans, if you look at indigenous African cultures, they always in ritual. They always had a relationship a continuous daily by the minute practice mm-hmm. with nature, with God, mm-hmm. with spirit. Because it wasn't like, you know, Christian based where, you know, you go to church on the seventh day, every Sunday mm-hmm. and the rest of the week you about to do you. <laughs> right. There wasn't there's never you know, in indigenous realities, whether it's Dagara or Yoruba or Peruvian or whatever mm-hmm of Native American, there was never a separation. There's never been right. a separation from the self and God mm-hmm. and spirit ever um, because the nature of reality just doesn't work like that. Right. Um, so you've never saw that until more of the, the, the later dogma, dogmatic-based um, belief systems that came in in order to control or manipulate um, mm-hmm. or those behind it that will be used it to control and manipulate most of humanity. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't um, a lot of, you know, I knew some of that early, but I don't think I understood the full picture until that history was shown to me um, in Peru when I, when I started doing ayahuasca and I started seeing, um, the history of the Catholic Church when they came to the planet. Because, you know, like I said, it might sound crazy, but a lot of these groups are aliens. 
you know, upper echelons, they're not necessarily human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're not humans, you know, and um, they, they have an agenda, you know. It's well, the tool that's used to control people, so. Well, the whole, uh, that's what they keep saying. We're in the time of either disclosure or revelation or apocalypsis. It's like uh, from the, the point of being in a timeline where you as a child can tap in and understand that you are able to see things uh, in time differences to having the trust of knowing how to read water. Like those are things that 40 years ago would not necessarily have been the common awareness of a typical child on this planet. So uh, the, the movement forward into expanded awareness of ourselves if it's through medicine if, or meditation, you're in ninth grade meditating, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, that kind of uh, acceleration, if you will, of the uh, direct re- reconnection of self to that constant spiritual presence that the indigenous talk about. The return of this time is kind of what all the cultures are speaking about is happening now Absolutely. in our awareness. Absolutely. I mean, there. You know, I've, I studied with um, with John Velo Marquisedek and much of his work. Um, because he studied with a lot of indigenous peoples. And, I'm sorry. I was just saying. I just referred his uh, uh, flower of life to somebody this afternoon who's undergoing a rapid awakening, and I'm like, you need to understand, you know, the sacred geometry. Yeah. Please check this out. So I love it. You bring him up. Well, you know, <laughs> most most of his work centers around, um, you know, the the Merkaba, and um, mm-hmm. but a lot of the stuff was taught to him. Well. No, I wouldn't say a lot. Let me not use that. Some of his work was taught to him by the indigenous peoples. Mm-hmm. And um, and I believe, and if you look back at history, like some of the, I believe they said the, um, some of the indigenous tribes here from, and even in South America, they were originally, if you trace their roots, they supposed, well, it's safe to believe that they were a part of the original 12 tribes of Israel. Um, but it's because they all have the same prophecy, the same prophecy that a lot of them are saying is that the time that we're in is a time where Mother Earth is about to make a rapid change, and rapid ascension, and humanity is going to be changed forever and all of that. It's just a lot of their, a lot of their prophecies are very similar to prophecies mm-hmm. from the Africans to uh, the people in South America. Just a lot of their prophecies about this time that we're in is so identical. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a major change and shift happening on our planet. So I think the, the best thing we can do is to stay in their hearts and to tap into living from the heart space and to tap into their inner guidance and live in their purpose. Mm-hmm. That would make the biggest change um, than anything else. That would make the biggest change. 
Well, that's a wonderful uh, advice to people just tap into their heart, right? Uh, rather than the mind. <laughs> Uh, what did you say? You said the heart does not uh, um, experience the falseness that the mind can. The heart experiences not when the heart is open. You're, there's it can't the lies just cannot exist in that frequency. Um, it just can't. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I um, we've had we have people here on the phone lines that if you are looking to have a question on the air this evening, please do press the pound and the one key. I don't have any indicators at this particular time, so uh, but I do have listeners who've been tuning in, and uh, I'm just always so excited to to get to know people. I could continue talking with you at length. I will probably have you back on for one of my other uh, podcasts about power tools for woke folk. And in that series, we talk about everything. Uh, And uh, medicine, plant medicine is on my schedule. And I would love for you to be part of the panel of uh, voices that uh, come on to share about the the ability that medicine has to connect you with and to do work with. So put put that in your, in your potentiality pool <laughs> because I would love you. The way that I experienced ayahuasca was through Santa Naimi, which is a, a very, okay. a, you know, syncretized uh, Afro-Brazilian uh, practice that connected mm-hmm. at, like three intersections of indigenous plant medicine in Brazil, Christian teaching mm-hmm. through the African missionaries, and then African, uh, uh, the, the, you know, Orisha, because you, you talk about Yemaya, Mother Mary, and Yeshua in the same uh, in the same uh, <laughs> Mother Mary chant as you're doing the medicine. So it's very, very uh, intersectional, and I'm very fortunate okay. to have been able to experience that kind of three-in-one package of medicine at the opportunity point that I had. So I definitely would love to learn more about your Peruvian pathway as a as an opportunity for myself and to share with others. So please do consider this an invite to come back on and share more specifically down that road. <laughs> Absolutely, I would love to. Now, so for people who want to get in contact with you on uh, social media or what's the best way, uh, you said mylifepurpose.co is your website, correct? Yeah, best way to get in contact with me would be you can contact through the website and primarily Instagram. So mylifeonpurpose.co and on Instagram I am at water underscore wizard. And also, um, my life underscore on purpose. Okay. So those and, are the three ways to be able to contact me. And are you doing any uh, teaching or uh, like psychic development class for people who want to learn from you, or um, do you have that in your service offerings? So this time I'm not doing any like 
development classes, but um, I will. I am going to start doing more Instagram live events where I'll be doing water. Where I'll be doing like talks, like water divination. Um, so it'll be like a 30-minute water talk, and then I'll do 30-minute um, water divinations where I'll take questions um, from the audience. So you just tune into that, follow me on Instagram, and uh, I'll be primarily doing that on my um, my water, the channel of um, water underscore part, um, water underscore wizard. So I'll okay. usually do most divinations from that channel. Okay, I'm going to I follow you on both channels, but I'm going to make sure and set if I can get notifications of when you post uh, or when you go live, I think I can do that. I, I think Instagram will let me do that because I would love to see you in action and to uh, also hear whatever guidance you bring forward in that moment of connection with people. I'm sure it will be something Absolutely. that would be enlightening and resonating because I love your vibration. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, for everyone who's tuned in this evening, I appreciate you spending this time and adding your positivity to the vibration of this time we've spent. Um, it, this show will be up on the Vibrary YouTube channel, and that's the IBE. R-A-R-Y, and in those show notes, you will find uh, links to the website and Instagram and uh, pages mentioned this evening so that you can connect uh, for future work as spirit guides you for whatever reason uh, to have a future connection with the Shayun, and it's Shayun, right, S-E-U-N. And is there anything that you can share about your name? Yeah, so my name is Yoruba, and it means thank you, God. Shame. Oh, <laughs> that's great. Every time somebody calls your name, that's a blessing, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Well, we will be back again for another conversation on the Psychic Inside Show. And my name is Joelle. I've been your host this evening, and I hope that you enjoyed getting to know him as much as I did. I thank you for your time and for opening your uh, life story to others, you know, uh, you're going to be like a book on the virtual shelf of this vibrary, and somewhere in time a person is going to come and encounter your story, and it is, I know, going to help strike a chord in their heart that they will feel at a vibrational level, it will resonate and they will move forward in some way, I think, in a more positive space than they were before they heard about you. <laughs> so uh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you. Oh, it's been a pleasure. So to each of you, have a beautiful week. I wish for you all the blessings that you can possibly hold, and that overflow is going to spill right on outside of your world to bless those who are around you, the light in me honors and loves the light in you. Namaste. Sure.